How far will medicine take us? Do we have the tools to be successful in a quest for the fountain of youth? Welcome to Focus on Future Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Lunt, and joining us to discuss regeneration biology and the Regeneration Project, a project to break down barriers and renew the quest for the fountain of youth, is Dr. Dennis Steinler, the Joseph J. Bagner Shands Professor of Medical Research and the Executive Director of the McKnight Brain Institute of the University of Florida. Dr. Steinler, welcome to ReachMD. Great being here, Leslie. Can you explain to us the concept of the Regeneration Project and what its goals are? Absolutely. This is a project we started a couple years ago, realizing that advances in stem cell biology and regenerative medicine are occurring at a tremendously rapid pace. And with a variety of scientists and clinical investigators that I work with here at the University of Florida and collaborators we have around the world, we realized that what was missing was a think tank project style of a project where we can take the advances being made in the world of stem cell research right now and try to rapidly apply them to new therapeutics for a variety of human diseases if we take the models of the simpler regeneration-friendly organisms from them to the human. And who's involved in this? It's really a tremendous group of people. We brought together a variety of disciplines and a variety of scientists, literally from people, investigators around the world. So we have scientists here at the University of Florida in our McKnight Brain Institute and throughout our campus, as well as at the University of California, Harvard, Oxford University, Wake Forest, University of Pittsburgh, pretty much a variety of the best scientists and clinical investigators on the planet who are all interested in the same thing, and that is doing tissue and organ engineering to try to treat, if not cure, all human diseases and injuries. Wow. Now, the hard question, who's funding the project? Yes, we do need some resources to do this. So the project began with an idea of if we could bring together people who are truly interested in regeneration biology, which used to be called developmental biology in the old days, but we realize now because of the stem cell revolution that a variety of tissues and organs are amenable to being engineered or directly repaired using stem and progenitor cell reagents, that if we could bring these people together in a Manhattan Project think tank style effort and embrace this new field of regenerative medicine to try to develop therapies faster, that we would be able to get people who would come on board quickly for trying to invest from a variety of perspectives, be it either gifts as well as the new world of venture philanthropy, where people see the potential for developing therapeutics and how quickly they might be able to get to the clinics. So for that reason, our initial donations were made by foundations, the University of Florida, and most recently, individuals. Now, are there other initiatives similar to yours? There really isn't anything like this for the field of regenerative biology and regenerative medicine. There are a variety of efforts where people are brought together, again, in a think tank, Manhattan Project-style effort to try to treat, for example, a particular disease. So there's one of these for demyelinating diseases. There are various groups like this for diseases including ALS, of course, cancer, and everything that plagues the human condition. But in this case, our goals are rather ambitious. We're literally, because regeneration-friendly organisms, which is what we study, 
and in particular the salamander, we can try to engineer and potentially repair every type of tissue and organ in the body. Our goals are so ambitious that this effort requires a multidisciplinary, multinational approach to try to bring together new concepts and develop new therapeutics. So why are some organisms, you mentioned the salamanders, many of us who grew up in the country had this experiment as kids to whack off the tail of a salamander. Why are they so much better at it than others of us? Yeah, so that's a really important question, Leslie. And and if we can answer that, I think we will have a big solution (laughs) with this project in mind. Right now, I would have to say that we can't answer why certain organisms regenerate better and are so-called more regeneration-friendly organisms. But that is, in fact, the goal of this project. Now, it's funny you mentioned lizards losing their tail. That's literally what sparked the evolution of the regeneration project. So all of us here in Florida have these wonderful little lizards that run around in our screen and porches. And one day I noticed one that had lost its tail and not too much time after noticing that the tail was growing back. And that's what sparked us to try to translate the secrets of these so-called simpler vertebrate regeneration-friendly organisms to us much more complex humans where regeneration is possible, again, due to the stem cell revolution. But the salamanders, the newts, the guys that have these names like xenopus and axolotl, they're very special because in a way they develop in ways that, of course, we don't, including the stage called metamorphosis. And what these organisms end up seeming to possess for life is something akin to what is referred to as neoteny. And that is where they're sexually mature before they undergo their metamorphosis. And then throughout life, they're sort of stuck in this juvenile date. And because of that, they seem to regenerate better. Whereas us humans, which are seemingly more complex, but possess less genes that have been sequenced compared to these guys, we don't seem to regenerate that well when we're older. But when we're younger, we seem to possess some of these same attributes of so-called neoteny or this juvenile state where we are more willing to regenerate our tissues and organs. So do we have any human examples of regeneration? Yeah, thank goodness. There are actually quite a few. And the reason why the goals of the Regeneration Project are not that unreasonable is that thanks to the revolution in stem cell biology that literally has a rich history, not just the last few decades where everyone begins to now realize that stem cells are worth talking about again. But in the 1940s and 50s, we knew that we had these stem cells in our bone marrow that were very susceptible to ionizing radiation. And this was discoveries made of the so-called hematopoietic stem cells during the period in time where radiation biology studies were being done with the development of nuclear power and nuclear weapons and things like that. If you slew to the 1970s and 80s, we knew that there were these things called embryocarcinoma cells or embryonic stem cells uh, that were rediscovered in the late 90s. But in the early 90s, adult stem cells were discovered in the brain by one of the researchers actually in our institute here, Dr. Brent Reynolds, who found that the adult brain, while he was doing work in the laboratory of Sam Weiss at the University of Calgary, actually possesses an adult stem cell population that we now know lives in areas of our brain where new brain cells are generated every day. That sort of led to this revolution of can we find examples of at least attempts at regeneration in the human body Even though we've known this happens through medicine for years now, of course, liver transplantation sort of depends on the finding that the liver can regenerate itself. But now we know that the brain attempts to regenerate itself following stroke and neurodegenerative diseases and injuries, but it just seems to be coaxed a little bit. 
every tissue that has either stem cells throughout life or is amenable to repair through our own stem cell populations or possible stem cell transplantation suggested that, yes, we do, in fact, attempt and in many cases succeed at regenerating. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Focus on Future Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Lunt, and joining us to discuss regeneration biology and the Regeneration Project is Dr. Dennis Steinler, the Joseph J. Bagner, Shands Professor of Medical Research and the Executive Director of the McKnight Brain Institute of the University of Florida. Dennis, you know, whenever you say the word stem cells, that leads me to think about politics and people protesting and, you know, all of the sort of political machinations. How are you getting around that or or are you getting around that? Is that an obstacle for you? Well, there are a variety of types of stem cells. Of course, we all know that there are embryonic stem cells that generate us, and there are fetal stem cells that help to contribute to tissue development, maintenance, and standard operation. And then in the adult, we have populations of stem cells, so-called adult stem cells. Some people refer to them as somatic or tissue-specific stem cells that also seem to linger in most tissues and organs studied, including the ones that my institute focuses on, which are adult brain stem cells. In the case of the Regeneration Project, we view all stem cell models as being worth studying, but the ultimate goal of this project is to try to get tissue repair and organ repair relying on stem cell populations that may reside in all of our tissues and organs throughout our lives that are amenable to being manipulated to do what they want to do anyways and that is build tissue. So we don't really get involved in the debates much because our models are focusing on repair mechanisms that are innate anyway and seem to just need to be coaxed a little bit in order to do what these cells want to do naturally, and that is repair us. Now, how did that first meeting of the Regeneration Project go? Was it different from all the other dozens and hundreds of meetings that happen every day in science? It was in the sense that all of the basic scientists and clinical investigators who participated, first of all, we never expected all of them to come when we invited them because we would assume they would figure, well, here's another meeting. We're pretty busy and we have to go to a lot of meetings otherwise. And we were surprised that almost everyone accepted because it ends up that this field of regeneration biology, which everyone realizes because of the genomics revolution and the ability now to find all of our genes that are either building us in right ways or wrong ways can be manipulated, that the combination of these fields will lead to the personalized medicine approaches that all of us dream about. So what was most surprising was, first of all, everyone came. And second of all, when we were all together, we realized that the things we were talking about at this meeting were the things that got us into science and medical research in the first place. And that is the excitement of being able to trigger cell and molecular mechanisms through studying genetics and cell biology and stem cell biology molecular biology, tissue engineering, material science, all of the fields that were actually represented at this first meeting, that it was incredibly exciting and everyone immediately became totally motivated to try to keep this going. So how long do you think this project will continue for? Any ideas? Until all diseases and injuries are cured. We know in science and medicine, we're supposed to talk about therapies, but the possibility exists through processes that naturally take place when we're injured or when we have diseases that do attempt to repair tissue and do attempt to rebuild organs, that by studying these simpler systems 
And in the case of this meeting, again, we were very surprised that there was a consensus amongst the group. And the group was small to start out with, and it is going to grow a little bit. But the consensus of which models we're going to be studying to do all of this tissue repair and organ repair was actually quite spectacular. We decided on the salamander because of its very regeneration-friendly mechanisms that take place naturally through genomes that are being sequenced that will give us insight into how genetics underlies some of this regeneration. And with this group, realizing that these guys, the salamanders, the newts, the axolotls, are able to regenerate tissue and organs quite readily and that we attempt it, we're all very hopeful that literally every disease and every injury should be studied. So the answer to your question, Leslie, is I hope we're done by next year, but I don't think we will be. Don't think so. Is there one disease that's top on your hit list? Yeah, we have several. And again, the idea of a stem cell or a progenitor cell being involved in tissue regeneration, because that's what their job is in the first place, you can imagine that when these cells do it right, they build tissue and organs in the right way. When they do it a bit too overzealously, then we refer to that as hyperplasia or too much growth. And the so-called cancer stem cell hypothesis, though controversial because there's evidence coming out almost every day in support of the notion that a cell that is either a stem cell gone bad or a cancer cell that is looking like a stem cell gone bad is the basis of most of the solid cancers. And certainly we know that to be true with the leukemias where stem and progenitor cells are involved, that we're focusing very heavily on the cancers where, again, some of the simpler organisms don't develop these hyperplasias when they're trying to regenerate their tissue, which is quite important if we can figure out why they don't have that happen where we have a tremendous amount of cancer due to perhaps stem cells and progenitor cells attempting to repair our tissues and organs and doing it a little bit too much. Cancer is right up on the top of our list. Degenerative diseases, including Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. We're also looking at blindness, multiple sclerosis, pretty much everything you can imagine where tissue integrity is compromised and you need to have regeneration going on is the target of the Regeneration Project. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Leslie. We've been speaking with Dr. Dennis Steinler of the University of Florida about the Regeneration Project. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Lunt, and you've been listening to the Focus on Future Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com which features our entire interview library available through on-demand podcasts. You may also call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-639-6157. Once again, that's 888-639-6157. Thank you for listening.